You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on the 3rd of March for episode 205. How are you doing today? Uh, tired. That's my shtick. Come up with something more original. <laughs> Slacker. <laughs> I, I, I took a nice 15 minute nap before the show started. So nice. good. All right. You, you weren't even late. All right. Normally, <laughs> what you got something What's to that say? supposed to mean? <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Um, normally we would do kind of, again, a, one of those pick a story arc or something. I especially like to go way back for some stuff, but there are so many freaking comic books that have just come out recently that are what we've, we're reading has been getting longer and longer. So I figured for this episode, screw our, our, what we're reading. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> it's not like you talk for all the two minutes and then you're done. Let's I be honest. Limit myself. Yeah, right. Anyway, three or four. That's it. Are you trying to say something? No. Because it's it's kind of a very passive-aggressive little way of telling me that I'm putting too many comics in what we're reading. You have a lot of interests, <laughs> and you wish to share those with the people. Okay. Anyway, all that just to say, this episode, one giant what we're reading. And what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth. So seeing as this is my episode, I get to go first. And of course, I'm picking freaking Spider-Gwen. <laughs> it was the biggest one to come out last week. And I would hazard to say one of the most anticipated comics as well to come out for, for some time now. The hype for this character is insane. I'm I'm reading people in Twitter that I, I follow talking about this whom I've never read them once talk about comic books raving about Spider-Gwen all the time. And this was before the this issue was coming out and even after, and like it's just nonstop Spider-Gwen. So when this came out and and it and again I've 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 never hidden my love of the character as well. I do like her a lot. But before we get too much into the comic, I liked how she was written in Spider-Verse. And my opinion is this is fairly different. And again, we'll get into that in a, in a moment. So I'm going to be a little harsh here, but that's not to say that I don't love the character or the concept and everything because I made that abundantly clear before. I didn't go into this expecting, you know, with my expectations way too high, wanting something that, you know, had to be spectacular and, and all of those Spider-Man adjectives. It was just... I was hoping for a good issue. I was actually disappointed in this. What about you? I wouldn't go so far as to say I was disappointed, but yeah, it was, it was okay. Like I didn't hate it. Oh yeah. I didn't hate it either. I don't want to say that, but you can still be disappointed in something without hating it. Yeah. Like uh, her solo issue in edge of spider verse, I thought had a lot of potential. Uh, I, liked that one more than you did and like you I agree that 
the writing she received throughout Spider-Verse was very interesting from the handful of writers that handled her. And coming back to just Jason Latour picking it up in her standalone, it, it felt kind of like a regression, like she hadn't changed throughout that whole experience. Well, actually, I'll go you one further. I, part of what I liked about the character a lot in Spider-Verse was that it was Gwen. It wasn't mm-hmm. yet another version of Peter. And while there are a lot of differences that they established in terms of the different characters and their motivations and how that affects their personalities and whatnot, in a lot of ways, a Peter is still a Peter. You know, the right. smart-ass remarks whenever he's under the mask. And what I really liked about Gwen was that she wasn't that. It wasn't the quips in the middle of battle. It was just a far more serious character, spider character. And, and I really dug that because again, it was, you're not going to make her into a smart ass like Peter, like spider man, because she's not, she's Gwen. She's going to be different. And here she is throwing out those quips constantly, a little too much. And, the stupidity with the freaking death from a butt thing and all that childish, yeah. childish stuff. It's like this is supposed to be a character that we are taking as as an adult, even if she's, I don't even know if she's in her late teens or early 20s, whatever it is. An adult, not not stupidity like that. And then the full-on melodrama with the band. But but again, I keep going back to the, the stupid little sarcastic quips while she's fighting and it just felt like okay obviously he wants to write a spider-man comic and that's not what this is supposed to be that's not who this character is and that's what had me so excited for it is that there was going to be this quote-unquote spider character that is someone different much like miles miles isn't like peter when he's under the suit and I was really hoping for that with this character, and especially because she she was grittier in, in Spider-Verse, and I really, really dug that. And this just comes off way different, and I, again, I between the, the drama with the band stuff, the stupidity with the... the graffiti stuff and childish stupidity, and then those trying to make her into Spider-Man, I... I mean, the only part that I actually really liked was the stuff with Castle, <laughs> Punisher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he's a cop. That, and, then, and that made me look forward to future issues to see who we know is going to be doing what in that universe. So that's kind of cool as well, especially, again, we saw Daredevil as well and stuff like that. So that's going to be really cool to see them. Yeah. I, I'm definitely in agreement. Like right now, I'm more interested in the universe than the character yeah. herself. Yeah, and that's wrong. That's terribly wrong. So for me, this episode was like, again, I didn't hate it, but I was really disappointed in it, especially when comparing it to Silk, which I thought was freaking brilliant. Just such a fantastic issue. And just a, the the character stayed who the character is supposed to be and this one is completely different yeah i i think you made a good point on twitter that with so much hype over spider gwen people are overlooking what right now is the better comic yeah yeah i agree okay so your turn 
All right. Uh, it's been a while since I talked about Injustice. You haven't read it in a while, have you? I am so behind on that, and I'm embarrassed to say it because it's not that I don't love it. It's just I'm I'm behind on them, yeah. Well, I remember last time I talked about it, I was saying how you know Tom Taylor was out yeah, and Brian yeah. Bucoletto had taken over, and it was kind of a jarring transition. And the few more issues under his belt, uh, I think Bucoletto has written seven or eight of them by now. You can tell he's getting a handle on what's going on. You know, the plot is progressing at a more reasonable pace. Things are making sense. And more importantly, he's getting a handle on which characters he wants to focus on. As we saw, you know, Taylor focused on, you know, Constantine and Harley and, and uh, Black Canary and that sort of stuff. And so far, Bucoletto has been kind of refining here and there. He, like, he, he kind of picked it up right in the middle of a big bit of insanity going on. So it, I can understand it taking a little while. But the stuff he did over the last few issues with Bruce and Dick, oh, my God. Some, some of the best writing those two characters have gotten ever. Really? Yes. Hmm. Like they, they had some great scenes. And a lot of really subtle stuff, too. Like, so... It's still not what it was with Taylor, <laughs> but uh, it's nice to see. You, like you said, you read the issues knowing that it's a different writer. You can see him finding his way through the story right. and kind of getting his bearings and moving it, moving pieces around and getting things where he wants them for you know his version of the story now. The thing that we have to respect about that too is that Taylor did such an amazing job of creating his own little world. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be daunting for somebody to come in and not have, you know, 50 years of established lore to work off of and known quantities. This is all just what Taylor had in his head kind of thing. So you got to respect whatever he is, if he is trying to do it. Probably. Yeah, it happens all the time in comics where you know, somebody leaves and somebody else has to pick up where they left off. But it's a, it's a big difference between, okay, now you're writing the X-Men. Here's Cyclops and Colossus and Wolverine. You kind of know what you're doing too. Here's the Justice League sort of, <laughs> but no. <laughs> oh, by the way, Harley Quinn is there too yeah. and Constantine just because uh, – don't forget about the monkey. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to imagine it was a little difficult to to grasp at first. Yeah. Done? Yeah. All right. <laughs> did you read Spider-Man and the X-Men number three? I did not. Okay. Did you see the I, pictures I, I Twittered? After issue two, I was just kind of like, eh, I, I can wait. I agree. However, <laughs> however, did you see the pictures I Twittered? I saw a couple of them, but I can't recall them at the moment. Oh, I really wanted to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a terrible thing to say, but based on one and two, I had it in my mind. This is going to be horrible. I'm not going to enjoy this. I mean, I remember when Mojo was introduced way back in the day with Longshot and stuff like that. Like when I was reading comics, again, when I was in my early teens, like I remember all that and I hated it then. I thought it was stupid, <laughs> Mojo. I just, it's just stupid. And... They've brought him back a couple of times, and I really never dig it all that much. Sometimes there's a few good parts. But anyway, so here we have <laughs> Spider-Man and the X-Men. And it starts off, like, really, it starts off stupid. And I was like, yep, this is what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Definitely. But then... Meeting it, expectations. Yeah, basically is, is what it was. <laughs> it, but then it kind of, it inserts some weird stuff which is what you'd expect from this kind of story. 
And most of it is kind of like, eh, whatever. And, and some of it is, is funny or whatever. And, um, and then it, it brings in because it's, it's, again, it's a different kind of universe thing. So there's all kinds of weird stuff. And Mojo's got the X baby. Well, not Mojo really. This, this world has got the X babies in it that are fighting against Mojo. Okay. So <laughs> they're fighting Spidey and the X-Men are fighting alongside like baby Iceman, baby Wolverine and Rogue and Storm. And there's a scene where Spider-Man pulls baby Wolverine aside and a couple of the other young X-Men are like, what's he talking about? And the other one's like, just let it just be quiet. And then you see Wolverine or Spider-Man giving baby Wolverine a hug. And you know, like he, he told him and he's giving him a hug and it's heart wrenching. It's like, Oh my God. And then he pulls aside little Wolverine and he's, he's crying. And he's like, what is he? He say, okay, let's do this. Let's show Mojo. There's still one Wolverine left. And I was like, Oh, oh you bastard. It was, it was just so good. Like that little hug. You're going like, Oh my God, that something that stupid and such a ridiculous issue hits you square in the chest. And, um, which again, leads back to what I've said before. The best stuff about the death of Wolverine has been some of the outlying reactions and different things, not the actual storyline. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, that it's, it's actually worth reading just for that. Hmm. Okay. Your turn. All right. All new Captain America. I've really been loving what Remender is doing here. Uh, like I, I loved what he did uh, with Steve as Captain America. The Dimension X stuff or the sorry, Dimension Z stuff was just bizarre, but really good. Great character development all the way through. And then what he's done with Sam has been even better. Like the comic is just ridiculously good <laughs> where uh, you know Sam has just been thrust into this huge situation completely over his head screwing up left and right but managing to save the earth by the skin of his teeth and the cool thing about this is that it's really giving us the core of Sam's character and how different he is from Steve and you know, his different outlook on life, you know, different reason for what he's doing. Also, he's not a super soldier. You know, Steve was stronger. Steve was faster. Steve was better. Sam's just a normal dude with some wings on his back and having to basically deal with the same threats that in every physical way a better man did has been a big challenge for him physically and psychologically. So seeing him come to grips with he has to find his own method of dealing with things has been really, really interesting. And uh, he's writing the hell out of this character. I, I, and it's, I don't know anybody else that's reading this comic. I was just going to say I'm not, but I was in, I'd read a few of the Captain America with Reminder um, and I liked him. But it just was one of those I stopped reading it. So mm-hmm. I did not pick it up when when uh, Falcon took over kind of thing. I'm, I'm interested. But again, I've got so many other comics. And Captain America was never one of my you know favorites I, at the top I, of my list. I so. can't blame you for yeah. that. So. <laughs> and another cool thing about the comic is they've actually teamed him up with Misty Knight. 
which is a really cool combination of the two characters. Uh, somebody, you know, Misty, who's been, I, I would say, C-list for so many years, you know, teaming up with Captain America. And the two of them have definitely very similar backgrounds uh, from how they've operated in the streets over the years. And it's a, it's a cool team up. I like those two together. What, what are they up to? What number are they up to? Uh, four or five. So it's not a lot. Yeah, I'll check it out. All right. Um, did you read the, if you're not going to take the spiders, I will. <laughs> so I figured, well, I was letting you take them. That's why we're going back and forth. Uh, Spider-Man uh, 2099 issue number nine. Did you read mm-hmm. it? Did you read it? Yeah. With Ma- Maestro? Did not see that coming. <laughs> I I didn't either. And I don't know what the hell, like some of this is obviously stuff that I haven't read. Because uh, I don't know why is he okay. I'll just ask you: Who the hell's Meister? That's not Hulk, but it's supposed to be like Old Man Hulk. What? What? What is this? All right, so apparently, one day we're going to have to read Future Imperfect because yeah, it was a storyline where Hulk was asked to come to the future because there was a threat only Hulk could beat, and it turns out it was Hulk. How he'd gotten older and smarter and basically just taken over the Earth. So Maestro uh, is smart. And evil Hulk, basically. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's that's made apparent. For, yes. You know? No, that, that is the Hulk, just okay. in the future. A future version of him. But Why call him Maestro? It was for the twist. All, you know, we had a whole issue of, oh, you have to come fight the Maestro. Oh, the Maestro is in charge. And then the big twist at the end that, no, it's just the Hulk. Right. So, I mean, but... I, I don't know why he showed up here because the Maestro's future and the 2099 future weren't the same. Well, it's obviously – it's obvious that Miguel did not go where he was supposed to go. Right. He's not back in his 2099. So he just I'm, – I'm thinking this is, again, because of the screw-up with Otto screwing up the, the, the web. So, Which I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, so damn right. <laughs> if you don't, I will. So uh, so I, I assume that that's all that was. So basically, and, and I like that. That means that he's going to be bouncing around different places now as well and uh, and hopefully stay here for quite a while so that we have a really kind of epic story arc at the end. So that, that should be cool. Well, they're doing some cool stuff with him uh, when Secret Wars hits. Um, they're actually canceling Spider-Man 2099 and starting up a different 2099 comic starring him and some of the other characters. Oh. Like uh, Doctor Strange, who we saw show up at the end. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. To you. All right. Suiciders. Oh, I had that on my list. I was going to okay. bring up too. Cool. Uh, this, this was a Vertigo comic. And Vertigo's output has been kind of slim ever since DC's restructuring a couple years back. But we've seen... Uh, What's the the Scott Snyder series, the the freaky one, witches, witches has been coming out, and then this one, the stories, I, I would say, kind of standard future dystopia stuff. Yeah, earthquake ruins Los Angeles, splits it up into the haves and the have-nots, if you will, and it's framed against this combat sport where you know these are the heroes of society. We follow one of the the fighters, the saint throughout uh, most of this comic. And like I said, the story is standard stuff, but you know, it's setting up storylines for the future, which I can respect. But the art, holy crap, this was gorgeous. Uh, it was written and drawn by Lee Bermejo, uh, and Matt Hollingsworth colors were 
phenomenal in this as well. So for for a first issue, it's it's a decent setup, but it's worth checking out just for the art style alone. Some of the that one double page spread when uh, the saint was fighting the reaper. And they're in the arena and you have the giant neon lights glowing kill. Like it's it's a very like 70s, like sort of cheesy grindhouse movie feel. But I love that. Yeah, I yeah, the the art blew me away. The story, not so much. And also the logistics of what it's setting up, like the, 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 the rest of the United States wouldn't just let L.A decided to put up a wall and throw everybody who's poor out. So I'm curious mm-hmm. how he's going to work that into the story later on, or if he's just point blank going to ignore it and hope that we do as well. It's, it's a solid first issue. Great for the arts and the story is enough. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Done. All right. Well, we should, uh, no, we're not done with spiders yet. No, we're not done with spiders yet. <laughs> well, I was going to so jump around. Spiders. I'm still trying to give you a chance to take one, but anyways. Uh, so the epilogue for Spider-Verse. I'm glad they did this. This is the issue we needed a week ago. This is, yeah, this is, we should have saw this a long time ago. So, I mean, this was actually quite good. It's a nice wrap up to everything where you, I like the stuff with, uh, with May going back and with, uh, with Ben deciding to stay there with her kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and the the big freaking battle with Otto was phenomenal. Like all of that stuff with Otto was great. Like, again, it's for a while there, he was being just a little too nice. And so to see him just kind of losing it and like, nope, <laughs> go regressing back to his super villain days, like this was pretty freaking awesome. I really enjoyed this issue a lot. Actually, I enjoyed it quite a bit more than the actual finale. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, can't, I, I was a little disappointed with the whole, oh yeah, once you travel back to your time, your mind's going to be scrambled and you'll forget yeah. everything. Like, It's kind of a safe way around the whole time travel shenanigans. It, but By safe, you mean it's a cheat. Yes. Let's be gone. I'm trying to be kind. No, no, it's a cheat. (laughs) Yes, it's a cheat. But what's his plan with Anna Maria? In a hundred days, something is going to happen. God damn it, slot. Yeah. (laughs) You just, you have to put little stuff like that in there to mess with us and show us, no, 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 there's more cool stuff coming. Well, the stuff with Kane too. Obviously something's going on there. So that's kind of cool as well so yeah no this was everything that i could want from this plus setting up an obvious spin-off series that they're going to be doing there with the mm-hmm. the others That's exactly what we asked for exactly bouncing around there, there you go thank you very much exactly what we wanted and, and we're going to get it i'm curious who's going to be writing that i haven't heard anything about that well so all, all we know is that it's part of the Secret Wars. Like, remember, I showed you that article in Spider Verse. Oh, was that's one of them. what that's going to be. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I, I, it's cool that it's focusing on Anya because Anya is a great character that's been forgotten over the last few years. Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah. I was, and the one panel with Peter clocking Otto. <laughs> that one, oh my God, that was, that was so freaking awesome. Just freaking awesome. So, yeah, I loved it. Okay. Back to you. Uh, please, please tell me you read the latest Batman. Oh, yes. <laughs> Man. 
<laughs> Spoiler <What>? warning, people. Because <laughs> if he doesn't spoil it, I will. <laughs> what is Snyder doing? He has lost his freaking he's, mind. He's making Alfred's job a lot harder is what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Serving tea is not going to be any uh, small feat anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, man, like, I... It's a testament to what the story is doing that I have no idea what to expect from page to page, let alone issue to issue. I don't know. Like all the stuff he's doing with the Joker possibly dating back to ancient Gotham and all this weirdness. I I don't know if that's true or if it's just Joker messing with everyone because honestly either outcome is entirely possible at this point i mean, bringing in the owls was just a kick in the teeth like man and then at the end this is one of the few times i haven't been kind of groaning at the oh now he has to team up with all the supervillains, of course because it's just so awesome <laughs> what i liked best about this was that we have spent well, let's be honest, our entire adult lives reading, well, not even adult lives, lives, whenever we read a Batman and it's a Batman versus a Joker and you're like, just kill him, okay? <laughs> he has killed thousands of people and they address that in the comic books periodically that it's your fault, you're being Batman, that so many people have died because you keep letting him live. And what we're seeing here now is it might not be possible for him to kill him. We spent years thinking that this is just a guy who took a dip in some chemical bath and he's just a little nutty and psychotic. But now, like, he's healing from injuries that should have killed him. He's not nearly as easy to get rid of as we would have thought. Basically, they're doing what we hoped that they would try to do like Alfred's just point blank I'm, I'm a murder you you're gonna stop right there and and pays for it of course so I really liked that twist on it as well and I even loved how the one thing he wanted well in addition to all the giant trophies to make the parade floats which is hilarious <laughs> like Batman's been keeping a friggin dinosaur down there forever it's about time somebody used it for something yeah <laughs> but he went after the Red Hood's helmet yeah, which for however many years it's been assumed that the original Red Hood was the Joker. But what's cool is even going back to the old school stories, it was never confirmed, if you will. It was always, well, it's probably what happened or it's through Joker's twisted memory or just messing with people. So it's huge changes to the characters and our perception of continuity without yeah. technically changing anything. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. This is like we've read huge, huge story arcs for Batman over the years. And like I'm reading this and it's like this is the scope of this is bigger than anything I can remember in a good long while. Like this is just uh, to the point where you need to get all of the, the, the villains to help you because if he winds up winning, this is going to be hell for 
everybody, not just good guys, but the bad guys even like that would have otherwise been following him in the past are like, nope, this this is <laughs> like even you've gone too far, Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you've gone too far when. So I actually didn't know that they were doing a bunch of uh end game one shots with like Batgirl and all the other supporting cast. They're getting their own uh special end game issues to tie in with this. That should be awesome too. Yeah, and like Snyder said that he had the entire Batman run up to Endgame outlined when he took over. So this was all part of his grand plan from the beginning. Where does he go after this? Yeah, no kidding. Jesus. Right. Just just launch him into space. Yeah, really. <laughs> Have him fight crime on the moon. Like that's – I don't know how you top this. I. You know what though? And this is a testament to when you're you're talking about a good writer is when you can respect that they're smarter than you in terms of crafting stories that just because you can't see where it's going to go, I have faith. I have faith that he's going to come up with another few years of amazing story arcs just based on all of this. So because, I mean, there's not been anything bad from him for this entire Batman run. Nothing. I forget Batman run. I can't remember the last bad Scott Snyder's comic I read, period. Yeah, that's true. All right. My turn. Okay. I'm going to choose. Are we out of spiders? Yeah, I think we are. Okay. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> just to make sure. Uh, chew. Okay. Latest Chew. You obviously read it. That was my next one. <laughs> I stole it. <laughs> this was fun. I, I, I like this was just after the the heart wrenching stuff, which oh. it's kind of you know heart wrenching and chew really. Yes, <laughs> this was. I mean, there's some stuff that kind of makes you oh, <laughs> but there's a lot more stuff that is just bad shit crazy, and this is full of that. And I I enjoyed it immensely. I just. And I'm curious how he's going to bring Pollo back. <laughs> I know that he's been cooked, but I have faith that Pollo is coming back somehow. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I do. I it's He didn't eat him. He was going to eat him and then stopped. And I'm thinking, that's it right there. If he'd have eaten him, that would have been different, but he didn't. That bird is coming back. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Why would... Kobe be trying to feed Poyo to Tony. Poyo knew something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's easier ways. <laughs> Jesus, you don't need to kill the entire What, are you going to interrogate the chicken? Yeah, take a freaking feather or something. You Do you really think Poyo would let, let that it. happen? <laughs> that, that's what I'm looking at. I was like, there's, there's something, like, deeper here. And... That's like, there, there's a, a mystery beyond what we've seen with the vampire and all that. I mean, we still haven't touched on the whole bird flu thing that's been the overarching, like, driving force of this entire comic for years. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's – yeah, this was fun. I uh, – and, and having him partner up with D-Bear. Yes. <laughs> was hysterical. I loved that. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't one of the, the best issues by any stretch. I didn't think, but it certainly had a lot of really cool stuff in it. I, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Okay. To you. All right. Moving into new Avengers still crashing towards secret wars. 
And as somebody who's really into it, I'm really excited. We're getting a Hickman Avengers issue every week this month. <laughs> They're just cranking them out because as they say on the cover, time is running out. But this was interesting. This was a pure Hickman comic of just really abstract weirdness. Like it, it's hard to put into words. <laughs> it was, it's just so wildly different from everything we've seen for the last couple months of this, the, the animosity between Steve and Reed and, you know, where's Tony and all this stuff and well, Dr. Doom and all these parts coming together. And this was just Hank Pym telling about his adventures through the multiverse and, Finding the race of Beyonders and their quest to destroy the very like this gets into like the weird Jim Starlin, Adam Warlock type cosmic stuff with the the giant entities that represent eternity and the multiverse itself and the Beyonders killing them and are for some reason destroying the entire multiverse like obviously this is leading into secret wars of them killing off the multiverses and smashing them together which is fine but this was just out there like (laughs) i can only imagine like what the editors and the artists thought when they saw this script and they're like you want to what don't get me wrong it was great it was just bizarre it's it's the chapter that this story needed of just okay hickman's gone insane and he's just in a fugue state writing this but it it was out there but i loved it cool all right all right (laughs) nobody believes us nobody understands us nobody wants us here we're too busy protecting you to care freaking gotham by midnight (laughs) Oh my God! Is one of the best things DC's putting out right now. This series has got me like it's it's unbelievable how much love I have for this series right now. <laughs> like, In four issues, yeah, yeah, and 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 with I mean up until you realize the Spectre thing with characters that you don't even really know. Just introduce new people that you care so much about already and are so interested in even more so. And like this is like those little the the first pages where you see see those each issue has a different one is like setting up the issue. And it's like it's so freaking awesome. Temple Smith's art. I can't think of a single artist that would be better for this than this. I I love the art in this as well. And of course, Ray Fox is doing an amazing job. Like I am, man. And now we're seeing not just like this, there's some bad crap on its way to Gotham right now. Like this is, this is not like you're, because initially when you're reading, like at the very start, you're thinking, okay, well, this is going to be the supernatural stuff that's, that Batman isn't handling and whatnot. But for the most part, you've always thought like, yeah, there's Batgirl and things like that. But for the most part, it's Batman handling Gotham kind of thing. Batman ain't handling he just this. He contracts crap. out the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he cannot handle this. They're like, I mean, 
I'm sorry, Batman you cannot punch this. Not take care of this. You do not have a gadget in your belt to take care of this stuff, and that gave it a lot more weight. Because again, initially, I thought it was going going to be that that type of story where it's the stuff that is, for lack of a ter- uh, better term, a little below Batman's radar, you know, kind of thing. It's kind of what we got from the first issue. The yeah, and then but then it just kind of ramps up. And then it's not just ramping up like just a little bit. It is freaking ramping up. And <laughs> like shit just got real. And so it, it's there, there's that point where you realize like this is above and beyond what Batman could ever. Batman would be making calls to people. <laughs> He'd be calling Jim. Yeah, to get them to come and help. Okay, I, I don't think I can handle this. Can you? Are you free? What time can you be here? Does anybody know where Dr. Fate is? Yeah, really. Mr. Fate, bring him over. <laughs> I won't make fun of his title. Um, and then, like, when you really are starting to get more information and then realize that it's Spectre and things like that, it's like, oh, my God. The, the, the scenes with Spectre fighting these beings and everything and, and everybody's begging him, like, Stop! You're gonna judge the entire city and kill us all. Here, here's what's interesting. Like, you didn't know Jim was the Spectre. Not the very first. Not from the very first. Okay. I probably missed it, but no, I didn't know that the first. Well, one. It, it hasn't been explicitly stated in the comic, but it's known in the character's backstory. Like, go back and read uh, Gotham Central, which is when he gets the power. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't know that. Again, it was one of those things where I kind of thought maybe, but then I figured, well, that's not really a Gotham thing. And how does that fit in? But no, it's made plainly obvious after that. But yeah, these issues, my God, just phenomenal. Phenomenal. I am so happy that when they announce the new issues that are coming and all that, this is, they're keeping this one. So happy. Okay, to you. Well, on the same wavelength, Gotham Academy. I'm behind on that one. It's just such a fun comic. It's it's so weird to have a lighthearted, like, child coming-of-age adventure story set in brooding, nasty, dirty Gotham. But it works because of that juxtaposition uh, and especially with the in the artwork all the backgrounds are dark and gloomy but the characters are bright and vibrant and they're really starting to come across maps is one of my favorite dc characters period she is just awesome <laughs> and so what we're finding out we're, we're finding starting to find out more about uh, olive's mom and since you haven't read it i don't want to spoil it we find out what's living inside the walls lots of the school's mysteries on one hand are being solved, but on the other hand are just bringing up more questions. Uh, it's the cast is expanding and evolving. I really, and just like with Gotham uh, by midnight, I'm happy this is carrying forward after the restructuring as well, because this is something that needs to continue and something that uh, I really hope a lot of people are reading because it's very unique within the entire Batman umbrella of yeah. stories. And what's cool is Batman has barely shown up, but when he does, it's always to great effect. Okay. I need to get caught up. Like I said. Yeah. It's only on issue five. Yeah. It's it's not not far. I'm only a couple of issues behind. Yeah. Okay. Magic mirror time. So (laughs) in all new X-Men number 38, at least this was better than the other ones. 
at this point now, it's not just, okay, who's next and who wants to and all that crap. No, now they're actually trying to prove to them that it's better and bring in Ronan the Accuser and all that crap. So at least there's more going on. I'm, I, I read this and thought, well, this is pretty standard of how many stories we've read that are so... This is the freaking Phoenix Force, except it's a magic mirror instead. Is, you know... So not so much with the original, but at least it was better than the first few, you know, who's next mm-hmm. issues. And we're finally starting to see the the side effects of the mirror, too, where yeah. like at first they they were seeming like, you know, they were just perfected versions of themselves. But now we can start seeing, you know, that we know it's coming that, no, they're going to be kind of twisted evil twin versions. But it, it's it's progressing. Yeah, I said as, as far as giant epic storyline crossovers go we've seen worse recently <laughs> yeah the only thing is, is again i kept thinking like this is it's 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 freaking phoenix force the story that we just saw it's the same thing they're they've been amped up and they're turning a little mm-hmm. you know evil so whatever but it didn't matter because ronan the accuser smashed him with his hammer and it's mm-hmm. awesome yeah I love the. I, I like guys with hammers. I guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Episode title: <laughs> Vince likes guys with hammers. <laughs> At least you didn't say big hammers. Or girls, or <laughs> horses. I mean, you know, whatever happens. Frogs. I like the, the Ileana thing. <laughs> I've been training with Doctor Strange. You have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Only uh, a couple just more before we before we go. What do you think of the art on that issue? Oh, loved it. Loved yes. it, loved it, loved it, man. Especially the coloring when it's framing different things. Like, oh, it's like, wow, that was really very stylish. I loved it. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Andrea Sorrentino, who did the, the pencils on it, is the one who's doing the art in the Secret Wars Old Man Logan. Oh, oh, oh. I'm not 100% certain, but I'm pretty sure. That would be awesome. All right, go. Ninja Turtles. Oh, I didn't read it. Hmm. So on one hand, uh, continuing, basically everything that's happened for the last several years in the comic is coming to a head. You've got the foot, you've got Krang, you've got uh, Dr. Stockman, you've got Karai, you've got Hob, the Technodrome. This is this is the climax of everything they've been building towards, and it's awesome. <laughs> but we also had the Mutanimals miniseries following Hob and his crew. Mm-hmm. With the glorious return of Petey the Pigeon, who is, as always, brilliant. But I love what they're doing with this series and showing that the difference in philosophy between Hob and Slash and how some of them are just along for the ride. They don't necessarily believe in the message and how it's kind of the whole why is Magneto Magneto thing with Hob. You know, why is he this way? You know, yeah. what happened in his past that led him to be this militant, you know, kind of evil guy? And it's it's really good. Awesome. Okay, last one for me. Darth Vader number two. All right, well, that was my last one, so I guess we're stopping there. Ah, okay, well, I could pick something else. <laughs> no, it's fine. Right. We're, we're, we're good on time. Yeah, we are. Um, what did you think? Because I got to tell you, I, I'm still digging this story. I'm, this this was really good. Absolutely. Like I said, this is – it's the story we've come to expect from Sith characters, from what we've seen in other mediums, you know, other comics, shows, 
games, what have you. But it's something that's never been applied to Vader himself, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Like this was just again, you you kind of knew some of what was going to be happening, of course. Especially like you're assigned to tail Vader. Sorry, buddy. I I hope you figure <laughs> like returned all your books to the library, signed your will off, did all that stuff because it's not going to end well. And uh, but I it, it was still like a. A good story because of the politics involved in that, too. That's something, too, that um, both from reading the comic books, reading the some of the novels, I've only read a couple, and, and playing the game, too, you really appreciate a lot more of the politics involved in the Sith and whatnot. And you would think that, hey, if you're just, you know, the most powerful, that's it. And you just do whatever the hell you want. But there's all this backstabbing and all this stuff going on and and having to deal with the non-Sith people and things like that. So there's a lot going on there. And appreciating that when you read a story like this that has a lot more of that going on, it's 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 cool. I I really dug this a lot. What the heck is the the commander's name? Terra, Terror, t- something with a T. I, I, I remember that much. Like, does he really think the Emperor saying you're in charge of Darth Vader is going yeah. to mean anything? <laughs> Things aren't going to go well for you next like, issue, buddy. He's trying to exert his authority, and it's going to be great <laughs> when, yeah. it, when it happens. Did you not watch the movies? <laughs> We know what's going to happen to you, buddy. <laughs> well, except think of what has been established in the universe of Vader himself up to this point. You know, he was even second to uh, Moff Tarkin on the Death Star. And you know, he was beaten by some punk kid and uh, a, a smuggler in a, in a space fight. And most of the Empire doesn't believe in the Force. So... I can see the the method of thinking that, oh, this Vader guy is all bark and no bite. So it's cool seeing Vader proving himself to this, you know, jerk who's trying to order him around. The scene where he sends the robot, the droid, into <laughs> space to blow up to destroy any evidence of the tampering and all that. And that last picture with him where he's saying, mm, droids, one can always trust droids. And I actually Twittered the pictures and it was like, oh, Annie. <laughs> Poor <laughs> lost Anakin. Because <laughs> he always did like droids. <laughs> so yeah, this was, I, I, I loved it. This, this mini, or this series alone is kind of justifying Marvel buying Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I'm I'm curious what's going to be happening with that Princess Leia one, but I'm not we'll find as out. yeah not uh, not as hopeful. But because I she's an interesting character, but enough to be wanting you to read a whole bunch of her story arcs. Eh, I don't know. In in this particular slice of time that they're choosing, you know, in between the first and second movies, you know, I can see an interesting story here yeah. of her dealing with the loss of Alderaan and all that yeah, stuff and yeah, having yeah. to step up into that command role within the rebellion. So this is one of the few times where I'm okay with choosing this particular moment in time for the core of the stories they're telling yeah. because Leia can definitely be an interesting story here, just like Vader is. Yeah. Okay. So for this week, we are looking on the Marvel side from, 
we got all new Hawkeye number one, Angela's Asgard Assassin number four, Avengers 42, Guardians Team Up number one, Iron Fist the Living Weapon number 10, Princess Leia number one of five, Return of the Living Deadpool number two. I had to put it because I have to know what's going on now. I have to read more. <laughs> I can't believe it, but it's true. Rocket Raccoon number nine, which there's a fantastic variant cover from Janet Lee. Did you see that? Oh, no. Oh, I want it. I want it so bad. I won't oh, have it, but oh, oh that would be awesome. Spider Woman number five, Star Wars number two, Wolverines number nine, and X Men number 25. On the DC side, we've got Batman Eternal number 48, Detective Comics number 40, Earth 232, Earth 2 World's End 22, Justice League 3015, please make it good, and Swamp Thing <laughs> number 40. On the image side, we've actually got some new stuff to check out. There's 68 Jungle Gym Guts and Glory. If you like Vietnam kind of war stories, check it out. It's number one. Big Man Plans number one, and which is about droids and stuff. I thought that was actually kind of sounded interesting. And uh, Descender number one. And then, of course, Rat Queens number nine and Saga number 26. From IDW, we've got Godzilla Rulers of the Earth 21, Transformers 38, Transformers Morning Meets the Eyes 38, and Winter World number zero. It's kind of a preclude story for one of the characters. And from everybody else, we've got the big con job number one from Boom Studios, which actually sounds really friggin' cool from Palmiotti. And did you read up on this? No. It's a bunch of guys. It's kind of, they, they said it's a, what did they say? It's a blend of Ocean's Eleven and something else. I can't remember what they were saying. But it's a bunch of guys that are, oh, of, of uh, Galaxy Quest. Because it's a bunch of has-been actors who just keep going to these cons, these conventions. And <laughs> they're getting older. Their lines are getting shorter. They're not getting as much money and attention. And some booking agent or whatever is trying to set them up to work together on a job to rip off a convention so get a score so it sounds like it could be really funny and like i'm in i'm i'm actually looking forward to reading this we got Neverboy number one of six another new one from uh, dark horse as well there's the new lone wolf and cub and this is the fourth one is out the um that's also from dark horse i actually ordered the first one from Amazon and and I got it. I just haven't had a chance to read it, so I'm really looking forward to reading that. And then we've got Black Cross number one from Dynamite, and that's actually from Warren Ellis. So we'll see if that's any mm. good. And Pathfinder's Origins number one from Dynamite as well. So with that, make sure to check out the show notes at Comic Book Informer. Let us know what you thought about any or all of these comments that we mentioned. You can find us on Twitter at CB Informer. And with that, we will see you next week. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.